Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So my man, happy Kobe day. It's Kobe's not one, but two number jersey retirement day today. You going to go celebrate? What an <laughs> asshole. Of course he's having two numbers retired. <laughs> yeah, that's that is really Yeah, I'm not going to celebrate Kobe. It's <laughs> really something else. Like, you know, I I remembered that he had two numbers and then I was like yeah, what are they going to do about that at some point over the past couple of years? Like that crossed my mind. And then, oh, sure enough, they're going to retire both of them just for who knows why. I mean, to be fair, he did win five championships with the Lakers. Yeah, and he won half of the first three. Because Shaq really won I would won say those, less than half. I mean, more. More on that last two. More in the last two, and I imagine those, well, you know, 2008 brings some happy memories to you, and then not so much for the others. 2010. <laughs> 2009. Oh, my gosh. You gave us one year of, of Kevin Garnett at peak Kevin Garnett. Yeah, and uh, I feel like you would make that trade again in a heartbeat because you gave us nothing back, so it's not like you mortgaged your future to do it. Oh my God! Are we gonna have this conversation again? <laughs> Come on! I gave you it's... a whole lot back just because you didn't know how to use it. Uh... Doesn't. Don't blame us for that. I I love setting aside some time to talk about Lord of the Rings, and then you know think about Lord of the Rings, think about Peter Jackson, and this just crossed my mind today when I saw that Peter Jackson has is affiliated with a new movie, and I just showed you the the trailer for this. Looks like late next year, Mortal Engines. Um, any first thoughts, you know, Im- immediate reactions? They really need to watch Beautiful Creatures or whatever that movie was that he did before Lord of the Rings. I'm really curious. Yeah, Peter Jackson, all of a sudden in the news lately. I would I would rent it. Um, I'd, it would be more fun if it was like, you know, like the guys just went, like we went to um, uh, Sucker Punch. <laughs> similar state <laughs> yes in a similar in a similar state of being hungover from the night before and just like what are we gonna do i don't know <laughs> yeah no I, I don't think i don't think you're wrong about that it looks like it could be a little bit amusing i'm excited you know i'm ready for peter jackson to get back into creative world building yeah let's do it let's see it all right let's get him back in But more importantly, on the movie front, this week, we're going to talk about two things. We're going to get into the owners' meetings and revisit a little bit of what uh, that tells us heading into the upcoming year. And then, as you might have anticipated in the second half, we are going to deep dive on Star Wars Episode Eight. We will give you plenty of spoiler alert warnings. So without further ado, Eric, why don't you introduce us to the owners' meetings? All right, yeah, the owners' meetings. All of a sudden, we have been 
inundated with player moves. And, I mean, from the mundane to <laughs> the just really, really big moves. When you say really, really big moves, are you thinking about how the Red Sox the Red Sox finally solved their first base minute problem? Oh, my God. I am so upset about that. Mitch Moreland. <laughs> Two more years. Mitch Moreland, like, well, you know, we could have gone for Giancarlo Stanton, but uh, I think Mitch Moreland is actually the answer to our problems. Let's just roll it back and see if it works better in year two. Those are ridiculous. Uh, I mean, you know, it's cheap, I guess. But And quick programming note on Stanton. I just want to remind everyone that before we knew where he landed, we set a bet box for over under 48 and a half home runs. And the one that's potentially more interesting, because he's going to just crush that number if he stays <laughs> in that many games, is 110 games. Um, those numbers are looking pretty pretty bad right now. Not good lines anymore. <laughs> No, I um, I am really disappointed that he moved to an AL team. Yeah, that, that and to the Yankees of all places. It kind of hurts you. You gotta hope that he do. Ugh, I don't know. Do do I just like give you? Can I like sell sell <laughs> this right now? The both of these for like I'll give you half a point, and we just recreate. We uh, redo these lines. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all that we can hope for at this point. I don't know. The hundred and ten games is still a real one though. I I I think that now that he's in the AL, I would say 125 would be probably a better over under. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how many games they trot him out at DH. Oof, yeah. I mean, I think like yeah, I mean, he's not going to get to 110 games in the field. I'll tell no, you that no, no. Once like once a week? I mean, maybe once every seven games you just start him at DH. Why not? Oh, I mean, I was thinking the opposite. Oh, like mostly once every DH? seven games. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who might like to get out in the field. Oh yeah, he might be. But yeah, I was thinking whenever you need Sanchez to have the DH while he's um, not catching. Yeah, that's yeah, true. We we shall see. So you want to let's start with uh, let's start with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> plays a mean guitar, and now he's going to be playing for the Phillies. What's Santana doing going to the Phillies? Uh, money. He has to play in the field. <laughs> oh, he does. What yeah, is he doing? maybe he wanted to play in the field more. I mean, they, maybe they were like, Philadelphia. they feel like an agile, you know, everything's an upgrade from Ryan Howard in terms of movement in the field. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah, they, for the people that still have um, lasting scars from that experience. I, I don't know. I think that, to me, that you know drastically decreases his value oh really um uh, this seems unexpected okay tell me i think drastically seems it seems surprising to me he has no i mean he goes from a extremely high producing offense to the national league and a bottom feeder in the national league at that all right all right but he's gonna get to face that Atlanta pitching and that <laughs> Miami garbage. That Atlanta pitching. So many times. And and the Mets, I mean. Uh, Brandon Kinsler flees the Twins, heads to the Nationals, maybe solves an issue there for them? Not sure. Well, I mean, he had been traded away la- in season last year. It wasn't 
I mean, I don't know if he was really hoping to get that one more serving of hot dish. I don't know. They, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if he was hoping, but it seemed kind of like the, the twins weren't saying no to him coming back. No, the twins and the twin fans assumed that they could write him in for the eighth inning. Yep, you got <laughs> that year. right. But, you know, they solved their ninth inning problem, I have to say. They're good to go. Fernando. <laughs> That's like the most twins move possible. Like, don't think about his peripherals. Just look at the stat line that he put up, no matter how ridiculously implausible it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, I mean, I, I keep on being told that Irvin Santana is a top 10 pitcher. Same thing. <laughs> that's, that's the same idea that led them to sign Rodney. They're like, don't look at the peripherals. He just didn't let up very many earned runs. Could not possibly have been luck. Couldn't have been luck. Couldn't possibly have been luck. Uh, but yeah, another another piece of garbage in that in that bullpen. <laughs> and it's not like he can eat, it's not like he's an innings eater either. No, no, he's not. Well, I mean, AL Manager of the Year will be able to figure out how to use him. Oh, it's such That's crap. Insane. All right. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you see where Shaw went? This is the move that I'm I'm concerned about land? for for Cleveland. He oh, he went to Colorado. You're concerned about it for well, I mean, fair to be concerned about it for Cleveland. Are you concerned about it for Shaw? I am a little bit concerned about it for Shaw because he also doesn't necessarily have the closing job. All right, where do you want to go? Should we talk about Kinsler as opposed to Kinsler? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Kinsler. Your your old best bestie uh, there. More than my bestie, I think. You know, bestie undersells how much he meant to me. Um, and like this is a good move for him. Like he's lucked out, yeah. right? Like both him. Solid move. So Ian Kinsler heading to the Angels to play second base alongside gold glove shortstop and i don't know albert Pujols. so you have you have you have andrelton to help you um you know up the middle and then you get to be next to albert Pujols every once in a while and look like you are young and spry he's, and can move <laughs> that's really true he's gonna look so spry yeah, the and the other move that they had was they added um, Zach Cozart. Yeah, to play third, which is a little too bad because I I was mentioning in the last podcast that they needed to trade Calhoun to fill that third base void, and Zach Cozart isn't really the big third base bat. Defensive, he's totally defensive. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he is for a guy like... who hasn't played. If, for a guy who hasn't really played third. Yeah, I mean, is. He's quick-ish. He's not. Yeah, I mean, all yeah, all all shortstops can move over to third without it being a problem. Well, I don't know that that that's not necessarily <laughs> true. I mean, we've seen guys not be able to throw it across the whole infield. Oh yeah, we have. Yeah. All right, let's let's talk about another pitcher. Yeah. What do you think about this? What do you think about this Pineda deal for your Twins? Uh, seems like another classic twins deal. Oh, it's no, it is extremely smart. I think what for of a deal? Yeah. Um. Yeah, fine. You're gonna have to sell me on it. I'm not sold yet. All right. So, uh, Pineda is gonna be given 
is being given a two-year, ten million dollar agreement. Yeah, so like so really expensive he's g- for the Twins. <laughs> he's gonna be, yeah, so that's really expensive for the Twins. It's a five million dollar a year contract, but essentially what this is is he's gonna be recovering for the first three quarters of the season this year. He's going to be available for like long relief a la um, $300 million David Price, you know, for a playoff run, et cetera. And then the year after that, he's going to be, in theory, he's going to be ready to have a full year. And at that point, if you had waited, I think there's a chance that he could have gotten way more for a one year deal in 2019 than this $10 million deal that he's going to get for the next two years. I think I mean, because before that injury, before that injury, this was a guy who was looking at four year, $60 million. That's probably the lowest that he was looking at because his ERA was above four. Yeah. Yes. But then he gets hurt and you know, he's not hot garbage. So what do you think his ceiling is though? I mean, maybe we just have different opinions of his ceiling. Like I don't think his ceiling is that high. As high as a $5 million pitcher, his $5 million a year pitcher, his ceiling is a lot higher than that. I, in 2019. Yes. I mean, I guess the twins have already shown that they're happy with guys that are out for half the year for whatever reason, starting pitchers that are out for half the year, whether it be a, <laughs> PED suspension or <laughs> health issues, but I, uh, but I mean, this, he also fits what the twins need because that, that uh, ballpark yeah, has yeah, turned yeah. into a hitter friendly ballpark. They don't have a very good infield defensively. They need to have a strikeout pitcher. And that is what Pineda is. Strikeouts, fly balls. I don't think he comes back as a strikeout pitcher. I I just don't see it. Um, I I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm much cooler on Pineda than than you are, and I think that some of that comes from being burned in fantasy drafting him. But you know, <laughs> one never one never does quite know. Uh, what about the Cardinals here? Um, they turn Piscotti into Ozuna, sort of. By way of seems net neutral, losing Scotty and getting Azuna. Yeah, um, Azuna screens like a Miami player to me, not like a Cardinals player. Um, I know I'm not going to be ready for it. And so you mean a head case? Well, I yeah, head case, and just the way that the Marlins have, um, like the yeah, the maybe the head caseness that the Marlins have exhibited over the past few years and. The Cardinals are just not that. They're the most stoic MLB team. Yeah, them and the Giants are just supposed to be good yeah. year after year. Yeah, and you know, Piscotti helped them realize that goal. <laughs> Ozuna yeah, does not. Yeah, no, much more so. Um, but, you know, from a fantasy but, perspective or stat perspective, I, I don't know that it matters very much. I mean, they're sort of interchangeable. No, one of them though could go off. One of them could have a top thirty season, right? Yeah. No, I I agree with that. Um, Both of them have for periods over the last two years. I'm inclined to think that it's Piscotti, but that might come back to bite me. I don't know. Ooh, I was gonna say Ozuna. You want to put a little? I do. Player Raider. You want to put a little? 
2018 player bet into the bet box? Uh, sure. Let's do our league though, CBS. I know it's slightly right. different to go to the the ESPN ones. 2018 end of year CBS ranking. You got it. All right, so we're gonna end on the the big one here. The Chase Headley trade, the the which was effectively a salary dump to the Padres by the Yankees. <laughs> yep. That that sort of foretold the even more absurdly massive salary dump from the Dodgers to the Braves. Yeah. No. Exactly. This this whole storyline is insane. The teams in Southern California just either absorbing tons of money <laughs> or <laughs> yeah or throwing it away and you know the there was an interesting the commentary on this the high level commentary is sort of that this is bringing nba style trades to yep. the mlb and that's absolutely right and when you start to delve into it you think about that or the free agent class for 2019 is supposed to be just this monster class and then I immediately started thinking, like, well, can we possibly make any long-term fantasy implications? Because these trades don't really mean anything, either of them, for fantasy right now. Um, the interesting one would be, yeah, Brandon McCarthy and Scott Casimir. Are they going to be sticking with, well, I think with the, Atlanta? Isn't the idea supposed to be that Culberson is supposed to hold down the fort so that Swanson can develop in the minors more? I... I don't know. I don't know what the heck Atlanta has been doing the last couple of years. Well, I think so. they I think they send Swanson back down now. You know, he did not have a good 2017. No, but they want him to be up. I they want him to be up, but they're going to have a garbage team this year. Like garbage garbage team again. And I think they're worse. Also, Brandon McCarthy and Scott Casimir, are they going to they gonna play? Well, they. I mean, they started last year with Bartolo Colon, so I, uh, you know, they're kind of upgrades on that. And Dicky, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a really interesting yeah. lineup. Um, yeah. One other last note on the win- on the winter meetings. Um, if you haven't seen the logos, <laughs> you gotta go look. They held them at Disney <laughs> yeah. World, and so they just they're just absurd. They're absolutely absurd. Much like episode 8, we left a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor. You might even be getting another Star Wars special at some point. In the meantime, enjoy this impromptu vocal solo from Eric. On the um, Death Star, one of those creepy old-looking old dudes who were talking to, to Palpatine. Did you hear that? I did. Was that you? <laughs> That's my throat. Yeah, I think yeah. that's definitely going to be like pretty strong on the recording. Okay. That'll be interesting. All right, buddy. I had two days that I had to be silent about Star Wars before <laughs> you saw it. And then you came out, hot takes blazing. Tell me what's going on. What's going on in your head right now? I was not in love with it. Yeah. Okay, let's pause for a second. Spoiler alerts. If you don't if you haven't seen the movie and intend to see it without any discussion of it, um skip ahead to what we've marked as the start of the rap section. Yeah, absolutely. No, we are, we may go into detail. <laughs> I assume that we will because that's what we what we do. And uh I don't like it either. Yeah. I don't like it either. You know, yeah. <laughs> we it, So just oh, so just flat out do not like it. 
I I could not get past what you perfectly encapsulated as the comic book nature of it. Yeah, it was such a comic book movie. It's a it, 2017 blockbuster. It's not a Star Wars movie. It's it's not a sci-fi fantasy epic. It's not an epic movie even. You know like you remember those the silly like uh, spoof movies, the epic movie of the <laughs> early aughts. Yeah, this yeah. is not an epic movie. Uh, yeah, I man, and it's... it was busy. It was kitschy. There were inserted laughs that were some of them were fun, but like taken as a whole, it was like I don't even I like I get out of the theater and I'm asked by the lady like what what was your favorite part and I was like I don't even. I, the, there's the one, the one scene where Chewie's eating the roasted porgs. I thought that scene was hilarious, but it's like that's it. They're, they're, that encapsulates it. It's not like walking out of even walking out of um, episode one. You're like that lightsaber duel between Obi Wan and Darth yeah, Maul. Yeah, that was amazing. Awesome. That's an amazing scene. I think so. You know, the most redeemable scene to me is the 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 whole snoke killing scene and ray yeah. and kylo ren yeah, that's the most close. redeemable scene to me i mean i think that was the best scene and you can dive into thing dive into multiple facets of it i think you know there i had a lot of questions about about that and um kylo ren's i mean the attack on the dreadnought was fun too within the first like it, well i mean it was within the it left a little bit on the table but it like it gave you enough to be like okay you know what we might be in space we might have some fun out here this is pretty cool and then you know and then it just left you wanting why did they bring leia back like that 100% agree that was perfect what were they doing as soon as as soon as that happened as soon as she passed away in real life Carrie just change it change the whole damn movie because that was they had a perfect time uh i was i was like you know as it's happening i'm like ooh, this is good i like that this is happening right now and then like she opens her eyes like no (laughs) why why i could not i could not believe and then i had to spend the rest of the movie being like well now how are they gonna kill her like what's gonna happen next like she has to die before the end of this movie and then boom nope no she doesn't somehow they're going to deal with that no, one apparently not. in episode 9. No Luke, though I think that he's going to make some Mark Hamill will make a return. Oh, yeah, Mark Mark Hamill's there. Why so Yeah. The the thing that I I feel for them in that wouldn't it have been more poignant to bring back Obi-Wan with Yoda? But yeah, you're, you're kind of stuck. I mean, I guess they, I guess they ran out of money to CGI Alec Guinness. I would say that they screen tested that. They had and to. Have. They had to because you and McGregor, they did it yes, with you and McGregor. Yes, they definitely and they did. Said, and someone who was more of a dweeb than us said, "No, no, you can't do that." <laughs> he never knew him like that. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. So, but you know, they could have done that. Like, why don't they have him talk to? I don't know. Like. The, if I was telling that story, like it might have been more compelling to even have him talk to, talk to Vader. Like, why doesn't he talk to Anakin at all? Yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah, like I mean, I, I definitely, 
I hear them talking to Yoda, but if you're going to open that door where you're like, well, now Luke's going to talk to people that have appeared as holograms in the past, like, where do you stop that? Anybody. <laughs> yeah. Bring Sam Jackson in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Luke's like, who are you? I've never, never seen you before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say one thing that I sort of enjoyed was luke hologramming himself yes that whole that whole time that was i thought that was kind of interesting i like i like that capability i mean i've i've always been a fan of learning about new facets of the force like i remember you know this is from playing playing some star wars video games and just being like oh yeah force grip is the sickest i have to be on the dark side so that i can use that and force throw things and like i mean force lightsaber is throw. pretty cool oh I my mean, god yeah there's so there's so many good facets of the force and like oh at the high end you can use lightning or like at the high end you can apparently create a really accurate hologram of yourself <laughs> that nobody knows is a hologram i mean like whoa like i i agree with that i am into that i just would have liked to see it used in a different way as opposed to other segue, last thing that I'm going to be frustrated, uh, I can't promise that, possibly the last thing I'm going to be frustrated about, why would they mess with AT-ATs? Like, just make them slightly wonky? Like, why do they have to make everything slightly wonky? Like, the X-Wings are now slightly wonky? Like, everything is just a little wonky. Yes! <laughs> uh, like, yeah, no, I am I am showing a miniature Lego AT-AT. I don't know why they had to do that. Like, I don't get the it. The AT-ST was wonky? on the dreadnought like everything had to be wonky like come yeah. on guys why does it have to be like this let's yeah let's i mean that's maybe one of the things that i really liked about rogue one was it was like star wars era stuff agreed and that a new yeah, hope era totally agree and so were those standard b-wings at the beginning no yeah okay that's not a b-wing that's because I, I, I was like, wow, what? I don't remember. Like I, I mean, I've stared at some B-Wings before. It's it's roughly the same geometry as a B-Wing, but it was way Similar. big. It was like a like a, yeah. like an ex, extruded B-Wing. Yeah. And they were, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Y-Wings were their typical bombers as well. Uh, y wings are bombers. Yeah, Y wings are bombers. I I didn't think the B wings were bombers either, but they took that version of like they took that yeah. rough ship shape. I mean, we haven't seen a Y wing shape at all. We saw we've seen who the hell was this director? Has he watched a Star Wars movie before? Ryan Johnson. I actually listened to a short interview with him today, and I don't think so. <laughs> as, far, like, <laughs> as far as I can tell from the interview, I was pretty bummed. Who's this guy? Uh, all right. Well, I think it's time to wrap this sucker up. Yes. So I will start with a question. (laughs) Will Minneapolis be ready for the Super Bowl? I say... This is the narrative here right now, is that they won't because the Vikings are going to make a really deep playoff run, which is going to make it really difficult for them to actually prepare. Well, first of all, the Vikings have... Okay, I think yes, because the Vikings are going to make the Super Bowl. 
but Oh-ho. they ha- they're gonna have the week they're gonna have the week before to pre- they're gonna have two weeks before to prep anyway because they're definitely gonna play at the Eagles because the Eagles are gonna squeak out that win. I think the Eagles mm-hmm. are gonna squeak out the win against. I mean, who do we even think the Eagles are gonna play? The NFC is not strong after the Eagles and the Vikings, and the Eagles aren't strong anymore either. I think that either one of the wild card teams, which is looking like is gonna be Seattle and um Carolina either one of those could pick off I think the two teams with buys is is Seattle going to make it very well could No I I mean I I agree very you think Atlanta well could will? is possible I mean the so you're thinking it's the Falcons the Eagles the Vikings and the Rams are the division winners No I'm thinking that it's going to be the Saints the Vikings, the Rams, and the Eagles. I think that is what it is right now. I think that looks right. Yeah, so the Seahawks the Panthers are, are going to be. I think that, no, in terms of the, the division leaders, I think that's right. But I think that Seattle and Carolina are going to be the two wild cards. You think Seattle and Carolina? You, ah. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Falcons are going to win tonight and are going to be up a game on Seattle. But I don't think that they're going to stay there. Ah. Hmm. Okay. I I I don't think Seahawks are going to make it. And but I I I don't worry about the Seahawks. They cannot beat the Rams. <laughs> right, but I think either one of those teams is going to you're talking about the Eagles, young team, either one of those teams is experienced. And let's say the Falcons, it's the Panthers and the Falcons. Either one of those experienced teams are going to be able to walk into Philadelphia and get a win against an inexperienced team with a backup quarterback and then a coach that has been, I don't know, doing a Paul Molitor type season. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But, the, I mean, the Eagles have a good defense, though. So, I, I don't know. But, anyway, to get back to the matter at hand, I think that the Vikings making the Super Bowl is going to be a boost of confidence to the cities, not a not a serious problem. I mean, come on, they get they get the Pro Bowl week anyway. They've already they've already decided all the streets that they're going to block off, which is a massive amount of downtown. Oh yeah, they they're touting that they have sixty five thousand parking spaces, and all I can think is like that is not enough. <laughs> that is not enough parking no. spaces. Like, what are you talking about? All right. Well, I think that that brings us to the review session. Candy canes. It's open to peppermint in general, I think. Okay. That's good. I'm glad that you gave that parameter because I am not here for any other flavor of candy cane. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. That's interesting. Like if we restrict it to peppermint candy canes, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the miniature ones and I want to put the, like eat the whole thing in one go. Like I'm not. Oh yeah, you have to get it in your mouth, use your tongue to split it in half, and then crunch on it. Dude yeah. knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not about the big ones. Like I'm not about dealing with something like that for a long period of time. It always seems like such a good idea, and then you're like halfway in, and you're like, "What am I gonna do with this?" It's like you have it like as a mouth guard in your mouth. Yeah, like, yeah. Eventually, you on? get down to that. Yeah, no, I I agree. There's so miniature and peppermint only, and and I can handle that. Um, I, I mean, I I agree with you about the concept of the big ones. Like the look, great aesthetic. 
know excellent great excellent candy tree. aesthetic but uh, that's that's about where it ends for me so do you like the peppermint flavor like do you like it in bark and in like i don't know on other candies I, you know the bark i have a problem with because you i don't like i don't want peppermint flavored white chocolate mm, yeah I don't, no bueno. like peppermint peppermint sugar like just straight up sugared is is good for me so like the candy cane oh, yeah. style but like once no milk like don't mix it with anything milky at all yeah i i do like it. i'm not a huge chocolate person but as the halloween conversation went um i do like that mint and chocolate combination <laughs> yeah yeah and uh maybe you know. maybe when i'm having the yorks at at halloween i'm just like prepping for christmas my nightmare before christmas kind of vibe maybe peppermint yes peppermint mixed with milky items no good take i uh yeah i i'm kind of i'm at that age where i think candy canes should be peppermint and i quite enjoy it with a with a any sort of milk chocolate and dark chocolate mm-hmm. Miniature, miniature only on the candy canes, though. All right, I'll let you have that opinion. It's wrong, but I'll let you have it. Fine. Uh, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah, you-